This is your hosts, James Jordan, Mike Wallace, and the Eggman. Coming at you on CFMH 107.3 Local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, Saturdays at noon. CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in the region of Waterloo in Ontario on Friday mornings, a part of the Waterloo Region Podcast Hour. And as well as throughout the week on the Performance Motorsports Network app. Wallace? Mm. Yeah. I mean... We are lots of other places. We are on uh, social media, of course. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the WWOMS. And on Facebook, it's the Wide World of Motorsports. Uh, yeah, we've been a little quiet lately. I mean, we're still posting stuff, but obviously not a whole lot of reels, not a whole lot of video stuff. I'm just going through some stuff and hopefully we'll get some different photos and and whatnot up from from this past year uh yeah so hopefully we'll see we'll see a little more action uh you know we talked about taking a little bit of break come the off season too so that's been a little bit nice but we're moving forward into 2023 but uh you can hear us also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where else? Well, it's good to hear we're still on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, yes, Anchor.fm, Podbean, yeah, mm-hmm. Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and many more. Wow. We're just all over the place, aren't we? Hmm. I'd like no. I guess so, yeah. Triple W dot the wide world of motorsports podcast dot com also uh, has our contact there. And some of the stuff that we've done earlier on in the season. We're gonna we're gonna hopefully get back at that for season six as well. Definitely. Definitely and there's so there's so much we can also post through the WordPress. There's some tools on the website that we could use. And there's ways you can help, and we could uh, help talk about your podcast or your product or whatever. And We're talk about another podcast on our podcast if they pay us. <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> So yeah, we're so capitalistic over here. We're oh, capitalists yeah. over here. So yeah, like if if you want to help us out and be able to get uh, some of that, just reach out to us to our Gmail, Wide World of Motorsports at Gmail dot com. And through there, yeah, there's there's other ways too. You can uh, access uh, us. You can get us out to one of your races if you're at a racetrack. You want us out to cover. A race, or if you're a race team, you want us to interview some of your drivers as well. That's also a good place to contact us, and we'd love to. We'd love to get out. We'd love to reach back out to you. And and also, drop us a line on our social medias too. On our, 
uh, yeah, love love to talk to our listeners and viewers out there as well. This is episode forty, recorded for the week of December twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, and as mentioned, top of every show. For most of season five, we've been picking a driver, a race car driver with the number 40. Race car drivers sometimes uh, are synonymous with their number. We've we've talked about that over the episodes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're really known for their numbers. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes in some motorsports as well, some series, it's just kind of a number they have to assign assign you. And us as big eye racers, we know that as well. They're just numbers they give us, right? So, what well, it is? It's funny that we. I mean, we do talk about that, and it's come up before about the the importance of a number uh, seeming to be a NASCAR thing now becoming a, a Formula One thing again, and. Um, I'm not sure where IndyCar is at on that. I th- No, they're on whatever number they want. Uh, Some of the stuff is hard to find, too, unless you've actually watched it. So unless you, yeah. like, so like it's hard to just Google some of the stuff, actually, because like, we're in such say a number niche one. sport. Yeah, and, you, and, and, and the thing about that is when you get up into these numbers, number 40 or pretty much anything past 25, I mean, you're going to be out of most... Formula One, those guys are all. There's a few higher ones, of course, but it just yeah, you, there's be... a certain number you're around, and for us, you know, there's only a certain amount of weeks in a year too. So we're, but there's lots of other drivers too that race these numbers. But who knows if we're doing this next season or not? So I figure, even if we are or not, we play. We sometimes play it strategically. We want to sometimes leave one, which is not a, not a bad idea. Even if we're just doing this as a one-off, but sometimes there's obvious ones uh, that you can go with. And let's be honest, yeah, there's only so many out there too, like um, that you can mention. But we're having fun with it, and we're having fun with number forty this week. And who well, we like it because we say it every week. We get to learn that too. We learn a little bit. Driver we didn't know about, and we hope that everybody's kind of. Who's got who's got dibs on number one here? For who's picking number one uh, for uh, telling us their pick for number forty? <laughs> I can go first. I'll go first. Oh mind. Um, no organization on this, folks. We didn't do this in rehearsal. It's all, yeah, it's all straight up. We did a lot. We just didn't figure. We this. just didn't figure this out. <laughs> um, or did we? Or did we? I'm going with a driver. Who, who is an IndyCar champ, raced in NASCAR for a little bit, who is since uh, was forced to retire due to concussions, um, and that driver is Dario Franchitti, everyone's favorite Italian Scotsman. Uh, drove 10 races in 2008 in the number 40. Uh, his best start was in New Hampshire, and he started seventh and his best finish was at Martinsville and he finished oh, 22nd yeah. for his uh, NASCAR endeavors yeah and then actually just a little sidebar uh, 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 Dario's cousin uh, 
people might not know, Paul DeResta, who raced in Formula One, apparently drove, uh, used the number 40 for a few races in Formula One. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting little connection to that number and to, to Cousins. Yeah. Um, and also what he did outside of just what, what else? What else is like? What well, Darius, like he's a three time for, uh, three time Indian champion. I think he's a two time Chip Ganassi guy. Uh, he's a Formula E commentator. Right. Uh, he's been he long time associate with Chip Ganassi uh, racing Target. Uh, would have been his biggest sponsor what he was known for the most uh, like his big known sponsor at the time uh, you know uh, dated uh, what was her name uh, she's crazy um, <laughs> sorry married uh, oh, she was an actress big time actress back in the early <laughs> 2000s I know I'm not narrowing it down it doesn't matter they're divorced but uh, Dario uh, is got a brother, Marino, uh, who still races as, and is is spent more time in sports cars, and did very very well in sports cars actually. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know Dario drove the number forty. No, he went into NASCAR, but uh, so Dar so Dario did that because he was considered good at ovals in IndyCar, so they thought he'd be good in NASCAR. I don't know what that was. I think there was an, there was a time, you know, I think that was after we saw Sam Hornish Jr. come over, and Sam did pretty well. I mean, he almost won or did win the Xfinity Championship. I can't remember. Almost did, did. Um, so And Sam won the IRL Championship like three times and was just dominant at ovals. And... I don't know if they thought Dario would come over and be successful in Cup, but there was a lot of drivers that you saw flipping up into Cup from different series because I think um, off off air before we were recording, we were just talking about the, you know, uh, Thomas talking about Drive to Survive, showing him the nuance or the ins and outs deeper into a sport, maybe some that he didn't fully under or see before I would agree that it did that for me as well um, and I think that could be said for oval and stock car racing that it may look easy but until people get involved in it they don't know what it takes and I think Dario had a, a case of I think he's admitted it too in interviews that it was just a little more than than um, than he could handle not that he couldn't do it that he just didn't Cup seems to be one of those real, like, kind of like Formula One in the sense of some drivers, oh, yeah. you have to either get it or you're out. There's no time to... Some drivers get that luxury, but some drivers yeah. don't, right? It's and just like, you either need to perform, it doesn't matter, or you're out. And I think that kind of happened to Dario. Yeah, for sure. And then Eggman, what's your... We'll let you go next. I, uh, I went with somebody that the younger listeners may not recognize or, or even some of the older ones because he wasn't in the sport for real long uh, raced for Petty Enterprises in the early 70s in the number 40 car uh, first man to win in the in the famous Plymouth Superbird uh, Pete Hamilton uh, like okay. I said the only re- what's that? 
The Surfer? Yes, The Surfer. Really? No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, dominated the 1970 season at the Super Speedways. Uh, won the Daytona 500 and both the Talladega races. Uh, one of my all-time favorite stories. One of the few guys not named Petty to win for Petty's team. So that's my that's my pick is uh, Pete Hamilton. What's like so is what is what's um the story on Pete? Well, he started just about like everybody else did back then, short tracks, dirt stuff. Um got a, got a call up to Cup in the late 60s. I don't remember the exact dates. Uh and then 68, when cuz a lot of people may not know that Richard Petty wasn't exactly super involved in the sport in the late 60s. Uh 68 69 he kind of left to do his own thing <laughs> and drag in uh, drag racing a lot of people don't don't know that uh but when plymouth brought gave him the super bird he came back and pete was his number two driver and he uh shocked the world so to speak winning the biggest one of them all right off the bat in the brand new car proving just how important that extra downforce and stability was on those big super speedways. That's pretty impressive. 15 races in that car. So he's a rookie wins. of the year, 1968 rookie of the year. Wow. Yep. Yep. 33. He's got a 33.3% win <laughs> ratio in that car. Like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, there you and go. I've never heard this name. That's crazy. Wow. It's a sweet looking car Good too. Catch. It Good is. Catch. Nothing it is. beats that petty blue, does it? No, and honestly, the only thing, this is, they only did this so the spotters could tell them apart on the track. The only difference between Richard's car and Pete's was the the nose of Pete's car was painted orange. And I think that little detail just makes it look better. And I can't really explain why, it just I just like the way his car looks. I was, yeah, absolutely. I love the Plymouth Superbird uh, myself. And Ooh, it's, that's... That is. The 1970 Daytona 500 uh, winner there. And who knows? Maybe we'll see that number revived coming up in the next few weeks when we hear Jimmy Jams. Essentially, in my head, it's the same thing. It's the same company. I don't know if it's legally the same company. It's not the same. uh, uh, RPM, Richard Petty Motorsports, which is what rolled into... uh, GMS to make that new conglomerate is not technically the same company as Penny Enterprises, but as far as I'm concerned, it's right. same same guy, same team. Yeah, um, yeah. As we get into these next few episodes, we're gonna. I think we might end up getting into some of the basically Penny numbers by the looks of things. So, uh, yeah. And I'm excited to get into to some of those. Although my pick, unrelated, totally different. We're going to we're talking Team Sabco. Remember Team Sabco, everybody, which ended up becoming Chip Ganassi um, after oh, uh, Felix yeah, yeah, yeah. Sabatis, um, the uh, yeah, Cuban immigrant, yeah. self-made millionaire. Yeah, uh, it self uh, distributed. He involved. He, he was involved with Saga. Um, went into NASCAR and 
made some history, and then we're looking at uh, Chip Ganassi Racing coming into the. Remember Chip Ganassi Racing? <laughs> remember when Chip yeah, remember Ganassi that? Racing came in the early two thousands? Um, yeah, you remember? Me- yeah, and now it's um, it's uh, Tracos. That's Tracos. Right, it's it's weird to think how that works. As we were just talking about with the Richard Petty situation and looking back at uh, kind of yeah, they're different things, but in the same way. Then this is a different situation, though, in the sense of it's just a company that's merged into each other like decade after decade after decade. That's kind of what's different in this sense. So maybe that is the same company in in some ways, um, and even some well, legal. Well, I ways. mean, sorry not to get off of what we were talking about, but you'll see that in formula one a lot like yeah red bull yeah. is the modern day jaguar is the modern right day yeah tyrell Tyrell or whatever right like right exactly like uh jordan sold their stuff to so-and-so that turned into this and it's now like aston martin so like it it happens everywhere yeah it's like that usually when it I don't know about NASCAR, but in Formula One, what it is is that the business number stays the same. It's the name that keeps changing. But I'm picking here anyway, uh, yeah. number 40. He So it went, the, the this team went from a Chevy to a Dodge from 2000-2001. But with, uh, from so from 1998 to 2005, Sterling Marlin is my pick. For Bender Bender, it's a good pick. Nickname. Well, yes, that is I, one of my favorite. I, I do in all kind of, NASCAR. of, I do kind of remember him as a as I don't put him as a wrecker though, but no, no, um, because when he remember when he got out of his car at the five hundred, yes, and, and that's what, Bender, yeah. that's, that's what, I <laughs> and the the call is like, oh, you can't do that, <laughs> Larry Mack. <You> <laughs> Uh, so Sammy retired. Sixty-five-year-old oh, Sammy retired professional style. I love it too when we talk about these race car drivers in the show, and then some of them who are actually racing, and and most of them are retired. It seems like, and this one you would think, you know, no go, but Sterling's still racing even through all his health complications in his uh, super late model. But starting all the way back to, he, so he won the Daytona 500 in 94 and 95. And he's the son of the late uh, NASCAR driver, Cuckoo Marlin. And Sorry. now running his number 114 super late model. But uh, obviously we know throughout, um, I, I picture him more with, it's, it's cool because I, I remember when he did drive the four. Uh, for a bit there, but oh, I, the Kodak. I yeah. yeah, yep. But I do so. I think I do associate him more with that silver. Oh bullet. yeah, when I hear oh. Sterling, when I hear Sterling Martin, I think bullet. the sil- silver bullet. Absolutely. Right? So who was the four? Who owned the four then? Was that who? What team was that? That was Mor- Morgan McClure Motorsports. It's a good question. I have no idea. That's what it says yeah, here. Yeah, do that. Um, I like to do that. I like to just throw out random questions. We just need a Jamie. We need Wick, a Jamie. Well, that's what Wikipedia <laughs> says here. Morgan McClure Motorsports. Okay. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. Sweet. Number four. He, he was a Chevy. But then he went into Team Sabco in the Chevy for 40, which turned into the yeah. Dodge from 2001 to 2005. We, 
and we obviously all remember yeah that's kind of what we remember we if if we're putting a memory to it it's it's him getting out of his car and yeah and kicking that and he and but he actually did pretty good in in the 2001 season even though after let's all face it that Daytona race was pretty damn rough uh for Sterling and for people around that wreck um but even yeah. though he, I do remember he was doing good that season, especially towards the end of the season. He was winning. He won a couple races. He won a race at Michigan. He won a race at Charlotte. And I remember even my dad saying he was picking him for, uh, for his pool, his Yahoo pool, the fantasy pool on on, on the internet. Um, yeah, so I I remember that. Yeah, so that's that's more of the era that I remember Sterling as especially the season two after that he did have some top tens consistently throughout the few next few seasons but he did fall off towards 04 05 and that's when he kind of went topping towards uh mb2 motorsports uh gin or gin racing furniture row racing which became Phoenix and then back to chip Ganassi in the 40 in 2008. Which is crazy, and then back to Phoenix in 2009 in the 0-9. So cool there that uh, Sterling returned to his number 40 uh, for a few races at the in the middle of the 2008 season. He went uh, for Darlington and Charlotte in 2008 in the number 40. He qualified 34th and 31st. He went for Dover, Pocono, Michigan, Sonoma, and New Hampshire, but did not make it. Remember back in the day watching qualifying and the guys that were, were sent home packing? Remember mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, that's, that's what happened. Those were the happened. days, man. Yeah, that's what happened to him. You mean when you used to get more than 40 cars showing up to the race? You're lucky to get 40 now. Back in the good days. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, so on this episode, we're uh, we're gonna move on to some of our moments of 2022, and we picked a couple of moments, and there's a few. So there's gonna be a couple of different episodes that we're gonna be spreading some of our moments over, and for this one, we're gonna pick one each, and 2022. Obviously, a season going back to normal. Things kind of going back to usual f- full uh, capacity races. No restrictions at the racetracks. Uh, awesome racing. Full schedules. Uninterrupted. No no this, no that. Uh, so, And same thing with camping. We were able to kind of get back out. And I'll start off with my moment here first for 2022. And um, for my first, yeah, it was it was great for the CTMP Speedfest weekend on Victoria Day weekend in 2022. And for American viewers, that's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Yes. Hey, how do you know? <laughs> it's pretty good. Thanks, uh, Thomas. Or American. Uh, Just for the record, they're both on the same calendar down here, fellas. Oh, same up here. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, that's how I know. That's how we know. Yeah. So, that uh, it's a good weekend for, especially at that point in the season, we're seeing a lot of racing starting and getting into the, well, down in the south, it's already been <laughs> well into. But for us up north, that's when we start up. That's as early as we can kind of go. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's usually the big, that's usually you'll see all the major 
real big kickoffs is that that weekend. Right, and um, for for me, for this was the second race of the NASCAR Pinty Series season. Walsh is at the first race, so at the end of that race, there was a bit of a battle. I don't exactly remember what happened, but I do remember the anticipation going into this race. Wallace, rem- Wallace remembers the races that I've watched, and I forget them, and then because <laughs> like I, I don't know how I, I forget it, but I do. But so what? What was the just real quick? What would happen? What was the turmoil that would happen at sunset going into this one? Uh, going into the final lap, Rafael Assard and Trayton. Who was it? Trayton or was it Brandon? Something Wallace? like that. Yeah. Trayton? See, I All those guys were in the area, and there's a wreck, and yeah, and Mac drove by them. Right. Right. No. 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 Mac led most of the race. Lassard tried to get him. Yeah. They had a kerfuffle. Trayton took Snuck it to by, win got for his first win. first win of the season. For, of the, the season. Race, right. Yeah. So yeah. okay. So that we was what we were going into. Like, uh, uh, I guess we're going. We're seeing a bumpers type of of season. That's what we were going into for. That was so that you you went to the first oval and I kind of went to the first road course race season. So we we're going to see a, a little bit of a different kind of racing style. But as we've known in the Pinty series over the years, uh, a lot of what happens in an oval race could drag over into a road race and vice versa. And we we see that uh, happen once in a while. And in this one, it was its own uh, thing that ended up kind of turning into multiple issues throughout the season for both drivers which we'll get into and it all but it, it all started off with a storm and it all ended off with a storm the I like yeah it's called a derecho folks it's a certain kind of heat when air wind gusts uh, of up to 400 no wait 90 kilometers that would be a lot uh, uh, 400 kilometers an hour 90 kilometers an hour that's still a lot of winds up to 120 and I know we're around 120 at CTMP because we, we got slammed and this this was on early Saturday around qualifying for the NASCAR Pinty Series so qualifying was ended up being like a no-go the track was drenched. It like this derecho swept everything out, and it's it, it went from like one end of Southern Ontario to the other, <laughs> all all along the Great Lakes. So this this impacted tons of people too. We've had a, some crazy storms in Southern Ontario this year. We just had a crazy one, so this was the summer version of it. Basically, it seemed like, and it it yeah, it was basically. From what I read, it was similar to hurricane so, strength so winds, said, tornado story, even a tornado. Yeah, they're, I'm just reading quickly here. They're saying that they had winds up to 190 kilometers an hour. It's, uh, on some other parts, over uh, wow. 200 miles, 250 miles of land, there was lots of crazy stuff that went on. And we, we got a crappy part. We just, Pepe and I, we just rolled up. We it, things were looking good. Practice. We took a peek on the around the area where we can set up camp. First time camping. 
went to a surplus store, got tons of goodies, tons of camping supplies, all the necessities you need, thought of everything, got the freaking waterproof containers. (laughs) Well, so the water, well, when we packed the waterproof containers and all these other things, and these, when we packed smart. Luckily enough, we were able to get things going when that storm came because I was passing PayPay the the bins. I, we had just unpacked, but I, we we keep things in the bin. And now when we camped recently, we we learned that for sure. Keep things right by the car so we're ready to get going. Um, and that's a tip for anyone out there who's just starting to camp, by the way. <clears throat> So, so yeah, we, we were in a bit of a predicament there uh, when we're, it was really hot. We just set up. Storm's coming. We're, we're getting flattened. The tents collapsed. We're flattened. We're passing things in the car. And people's trailers are getting trashed. Things are, things wow, are that, that getting fifth wheel flipped over. trailer got flipped over. So Yeah, at the entrance of the track. That's and we're, that's where we picked the camp. So we're like... 50 yards to 100 yards away from that said and, and a tree almost fell to uh, like within 20 feet from us if a tree fell it was it was a lot for within the first couple of hours of being at CTMP after a couple of years during the pandemic and not being able to go it was like wow like I'm ready to I'm kind of ready to go but we didn't we stuck it through we sucked it up and we luckily there was a lot of nice there was a lot of nice wind after that storm it was like sun came out the breeze i've never been in something like it before it was so breezy but it was a nice breeze and i was able to drape up the tent we were able to dry everything out it was perfect it, we were able to set everything back up get a better camping spot everyone was leaving so we we got we got some good 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 uh good campsite action going on and and then that set up for because there's no qualifying so the grid was set on practice times so we saw Matthew Scannell up there some different drivers that we weren't used to up there and also Brandon some Watson. of yeah Brandon Watson right and Gary Clute who's also really good at CTMP Dexter Stacy some names uh, that you're not used to seeing a- again and Big guys, Mac, LP, Ranger. So a good mix, I'd say, for the beginning of the race. And yeah. it there's a lot of strategy throughout it. And we changing saw the, the changing of condition, keeping an eye on different drivers. First race of the season on road course is really cool to see and see how they progress through the season. So, and, and that was a good <laughs> setup for a good finish for the quad and uh and and gary clute on the final lap gary clute was out there in the closing laps but kevin was as consistent and he was able to close in on him and gary was pretty good until moss corner and then kevin was just in his in his draft at that point he was right behind him and we didn't see until turn eight when he was trying to make a move, turn nine, he's getting close up, uh, doors opening, turn 10, he's in there. And then we saw them make a collision, and Gary Clute ended up hitting the wall, and 
Kevin oh my was Borat. They make away. collision. Drive away, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they make a touch. Very nice. And then, <laughs> and then uh, tag and following behind was Dexter. 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 Dexter there and being able to get the podium for that race. And that was awesome when Kevin Lacroix shout us out during that press conference. And that, right. that made my year. So that's that's the moment. That's the that's my moment. What about you guys? It's a good moment. It is good. By the way, you're all listening to us on 102.7 CKMS FM Radio Waterloo and CFMH 107.3 Local FM St. John, New Brunswick. Check us out on social media at the WWOMS. I am James Jordan. Alongside me here is Michael Wallace and the Eggman. We're just talking about some of our favorite moments or most memorable moments of 2022 and Eggman what about you I, I like yours yours is a pretty good one it's it's a legend yeah uh, in the Formula One world uh, one of possibly one of the best drivers ever to do it has had decided to hang it up after this year uh, Sebastian Vettel after a I'd say long uh, incredibly successful career has decided to spend more time with his family and you cannot fault a man for that um four world titles at the time was the youngest grand prix winner in formula one history um there's just we're we're sad to see him go but we're happy that uh he's he's gonna be happy so there's an argument to be made he's one of the best of all time i don't think he is the best of all time but He's up there. I mean, four world titles is nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, we were just kind of talking about that off Four in a row. Earlier, yeah, four right. straight. Four straight. That's crazy. What is the best? How, how do we determine that? I don't think it's... I don't think it's possible. There are so many variables, and you got to compare different eras. I don't think it's possible to say definitively who's the best driver of all time. There are guys that are definitely better than others, but there's no way of saying who's the best. Well, and the, and the other thing for, for Formula One in, in particular, uh, the, the amount of races has changed, right? You know, there was a time they ran six Grand Prix a year. Yeah, there was. only got yeah. six points per Grand Prix win. So the maximum a year points you could get was 36. Well, I mean, a guy who's got... <clears throat> You know, five times that, five world championships against somebody who's made, you know, one season of a hundred points. You know, it's hard to compare it to in that regard. Yeah, you can't. Greatest. You can't compare. I like. I was talking about it before we started the podcast. You can't compare Fangio's four titles in the fifties to Lewis Hamilton's seven titles in the two thousands and twenty tens. It's just there's no comparison. The cars are so different. The point mm-hmm. systems are so different. It's tracks just, different. The tracks are different. Uh, Sep Spa. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But even Spa has changed. Obviously, um, there's you there's just can't compare. That's, I don't think there's a track on the calendar that hasn't changed. Even a track that's been there from the beginning, Monaco, right? Well, Mon- even Monaco, as small as it is, has gone through several changes. Yeah. Began so, karting at age of three. Kart Series at 8, accepted in the Red Bull Junior Team in 98, won uh, Junior Monaco Kart Cup 01, 
promoted open wheel cars in 03. Then a year later, he went into, he won the 2004 Formula Championship, Formula BMW Championship with 18 victories out of 20. So yeah, he was, he's a stud. He was, when he was younger, he was unstoppable. And even as he got older, he was still promoted to one, of the, one of the best on the track and any given, any given weekend. Made his way, yeah, he made his way up and. Um, I, two th- I, actually, it's the story, his career coincides with my fandom of Formula One actually really closely. Uh, I actually, the first race I remember watching was the 2008 Italian GP when he got his first win. Oh, cool. And, uh, cool. I, when you look at what happened after that, his his first win being Toro Rosso's only victory as a team until Pierre Gasly came along at, at Alpha Tower and got him one. Yeah. Um, the, he, when you drive for Red Bull's junior team, you're not supposed to win. But he he did it, and it's that he. I've been a Seb fan since since I can remember, um, and I don't know who my new driver is going to be, but uh, Seb will be will be missed in the paddock. I guarantee it. And there's not no saying he won't be back. <laughs> One thing uh, I it, always thought about Seb that was really cool is in tradition to American bomber pilots in the Second World War, he made it a tradition to name his cars every season. So yeah, he, every 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 year, his car had a different name. Yeah, um, uh, that's I think that uh, that's such a cool because yeah. that's, that's kind of like that's what he battles in that's his Luscious Liz is one I particularly remember yeah that's a particular that's, that's an objectively good name for a race car Randy and, Randy and NASCAR fans <laughs> that's not really anything new Kinky Kylie <laughs> Hungry <laughs> Heidi yeah yeah he but for for, Na- for NASCAR fans naming your cars is nothing new well, I think um, Oval Track, Oval fans. Oval, oval, yeah. oval Tracks in general, naming your cars yeah. is nothing new. In 09, no. Kate's Dirty Sister. Yes. I Kate and Kate's yeah, Dirty Sister. That's a great one, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, on a sidebar of naming cars, uh, one year, Andrew, Andre Lauderer, and I can't at the moment think of his two teammates in the Audi that won Le Mans, uh, they named their car Red Sonia after a comic book character. And yeah, oh, in cool. Formula One, that's a fairly weird thing to do, and of anybody, I think Seb was the guy to do it. Make it cool. To make it cool, and um, just watching him win those four straight titles with Red Bull, putting Red Bull on the map as a team. Um. He wrapped it all he, good up too this year too. He did. He did his farewell tour. Of course, him announcing his retirement during the summer break threw the entire paddock into a frenzy of driver moves and all that stuff, which I've talked about on on the show before. But uh, his he definitely left a, a positive impact on the sport. Uh, I would I would comfortably call Seb Formula One's Dale Junior. Um, everybody likes him. I don't. I don't think there's any person on the planet that doesn't. 
He's so See, he's, I think he's such a good guy. He's he's such an ambassador for the sport. I, I just it'll be tough without him on on track. I think he matured great as a driver. I will say that there was a point where he was the snivelly, whiny um, kid on the block. Uh, I referred to it in a post that I made today about uh, the cool down rooms. You know the famous one between him and Mark Webber, multi twenty one, and yep. uh, Malaysia. Malaysia. It was Malaysia. Malaysia yep, multi twenty one. Yeah, so, um, you know there was a there was a ruthless, uh, cocky side of Seb, but then there is this great maturing of him and him becoming a great stalwart in the in the sport and and with with the other drivers, um, and actually he is someone. As a driver, I look at and hope that <clears throat> that's where Max goes one day. You know, Max is the I hope so. kid, and I hope he's he follows Seb in that path of growing up. Because, because yeah, honestly, what I think triggered that maturing of Seb, uh, it started towards the end of his tenure at Red Bull. But once he moved to Ferrari, in equipment that wasn't necessarily, uh top tier I mean Ferrari is and always has been good right but when Seb moved to Ferrari they were not exactly in a period of they haven't well, been in a long time hadn't hadn't been in probably since they still are Michael pro, yeah probably since Michael Schumacher left they uh Ferrari well, had mean, been no, struggling I mean there's won that championship in, in 07 right but so. there's that one championship but the rest it was just a rough going and it has been a rough going since then i would say uh and i think being getting the experience in a car that's not necessarily a championship contender and he did contend for championships in the ferrari a couple times but when you're driving <laughs> an okay car when Mercedes has a great car. There's a sobering and maturing thing there, and like I said, like you said, I hope Max goes goes a similar route. I don't necessarily think he should leave Red Bull because they're kind of synonymous with one another. Um, but Seb's career from that scrappy, arrogant kid to uh, an ambassador that everybody loves in the sport and just his his journey in the sport is is incredible and like I said he will be missed and to close out this particular it's not one moment but it's an entire half of a season uh, I just want to say something that's been said probably millions of times in the last six months uh, Danke Seb Danke Seb that's well, well put well a nice little uh, touching segment on Sev retiring there, Eggman. Very good. Uh, Wallace, yes. what is your moment of 2022? Um, I had a lot of moments. Uh, you, you know, uh, season opener for me at Sunset with the Pinties, my first race with the Woms, really. Um, CTMP this year, you know, I got to meet some incredible people, picked up that got that interview with uh, Jeff Brown um, and stuff like that. 
but one of the the highlights I think really was was a shrieking for me in the Pinty series. My wife getting me a hotel room and kind of surprising me with that is is part of that. Um, and then you and I not with you for though. the first time, <laughs> not with me. No, 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 not with me. Um, you and I meeting for the very first time in person. Uh, and then Pinty's first time on dirt. So there was a lot of big, big moments at that race. Uh, it was, we had Stuart Friesen, Iceman Friesen, hometown hero, um, come up. We had, back home, we had the legend Ken Schrader at the track. You know, Jake Sheridan got a ride in the 64 and we saw a couple other drivers uh, at the moment just I'm sorry I apologize greatly to them I just can't think that got there got an opportunity that weekend but uh, it it was it was so perfectly built you know we arrived to to Ush weekend and Glenn Styers and the team had that place immaculate it looked so I could I really couldn't believe at how clean right. and amazing it was for a dirt track I've never been to a dirt track so I guess I don't really know what I was expecting I just didn't expect it to be so pristine just because of the dust and the dirt that flies around not because they don't wouldn't do anything but I just a top-notch class a facility I know world of outlaws uh, have run there before so what a what a track to 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 play host for Pinty's first time. And the locals, dirt. Aaron Turkey is the, the Aaron, ones that we're you. thinking of there. Thank you. That that's right. And Glenn Styers uh, racing there. Um, yep. Who is the other? Tra- I just Trevor Mon- uh, Monahan. Trevor. Yeah, Trevor Monahan. Thank you. I was going to say Tyler Mike Monahan, Gowdy. but I, I wasn't. Yep. Uh, it's cool it seeing a, Sam race on the dirt. It was great to see Sam race on there, and he was kind enough to talk about it, and 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 we got some good words with Andrew Ranger and Creighton as well, who ended ultimately won the race. So that was his second win, and holding off Friesen to a uh, right to the. I think right it's been final. decided as the most memorable moment, even in the Pinty Series community, for the year. As well, that was a great rate. What about our unique perspective as well? Well, that's what I mean, and I think you know we got to sit up turn two there or stand up in a would be normally a TV stand, I believe, and we stood with which I've later found out was the second in charge official of the Pinty. So if there was any problem with us being there, I'm sure there would have been dealt with. He was super nice because I know you can hear me when I get uppity or excitable through the podcast and and I'm I'm giddy at a race. I can't help it. And when the cars are going around and it was such a good race and there was battles all around. I gotta find a clip of it and post those up. You should, you should. I just, I love it. It's just one of, it's a great I just have so much fun in the moment and, and watching watching Stuart and, and Trayton battle it off and it, it was really I think I think you and I talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on air or afterwards or somewhere but we have talked about it. Pulling at the heartstrings of who are you pulling for? 
Are you pulling for Stewart because it's Stewie? Or are you pulling for Trayton because it's Trayton? And ultimately, right. I mean, I'm pulling for Trayton because he's the hometown hero, right? He's the local. He's taking on the series uh, at every race. So Jake was a bit far him. back there, but I was kind of – that would have been cool to see. Third, yeah. didn't he? Jake, yeah, he finished. Yep. And that was his – his debut in the Pinty series and we got to see him later on at uh at Delaware do quite well in the Ed Hackinson racing number three uh shout out to their PR department by the way they're fantastic over there um but I do really enjoy uh I really enjoyed that dirt race it was a lot of fun yeah and I think that a lot of things combined and a lot of people agreed too that after that race the weeks after that race people had like a high off that people were like a week after people were just still thinking about it uh i remember the dirt on my shoes i and i made sure to kind of i have a couple pairs of shoes but i made sure to preserve the dirt i didn't want to get it if it was rainy out or wet out i didn't want to wear them out i wanted to make sure that i didn't keep the dirt on them as long as i could that's how awesome i thought that race was and also yeah just the talk everyone that was talking about it the great images that were shared and us being able to see the sprints as well uh, seeing the sprints for the first time was very cool and getting that under our belts going in the infield taking some shots getting to meet uh the photographers and the track Dale, workers, Dale, Zeke, uh, Zager. How can we forget and, and Zager, uh, the the the, 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 yes, the water truck. Your water truck ride around the track? We gotta mm-hmm. find that footage, and we gotta I post that up. up. I posted it up. I oh, that's right. Uh, everyone, check that it. out on Facebook. Our Facebook at the WWMS. It's under the videos tab, and yeah, it was a very unique situation there. And and again, the facilities was so good because in Ontario, in Southern Ontario a lot of our tracks and there is a point where they weren't looking the greatest we saw jucasa get its fix up then things fell through there and then delaware's got its fix up we're seeing other tracks too like uh you know uh, there's other tracks too that are getting work work on them as well that are really successful ctmp um just ctmp just before the pandemic in 2019 uh, how to complete repave and right yeah just before uh in this year they repave turns uh eight nine ten or just nine ten right and four through so, five a b and c so, so it was still nice through. it was nice to see the big o up with the times and also the show that they put on the after show the pre-show the bands the uh they had good food trucks there there was the scanner the fellow there that MP, was helping MP. us out mp that was helping us out there and also the connections that were we were able to make as well there with fans drivers team members officials and the community that we felt as well in there and as also we cannot forget to mention before we wrap this up we cannot forget to mention for the first time us experiencing what it was like to get dirt in our face coming home after that first night Wallace I remember um, I stayed in Brantford and I ended up going for a shower and I remember just my hair was just all full of dirt and it was like it was very dry and I was like oh no like my hair's done and I remember sitting under the the shower and 
letting letting it like wow like all seeing all the dirt <laughs> on in the tub uh yeah crazy and and now i know to bring goggles next uh the next race <laughs> and yeah, and some I, and a couple pairs of clothes maybe too because that gets in yeah great. i still have dirt on my camera from <laughs> from the big o right I so just, i rem- i remember standing i guess the one the one thing that struck me the most was when we were in the infield there and they just have they just have these big huge concrete blocks in the corners separating the track really from the infield and i asked the track photographer how close we're allowed to get to it and uh he he get pretty damn close close. he says as close as you feel comfortable and i was like Okay, and we I ran got from close. a couple cars, <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, a couple came by, and I thought, "Oh, this is this, this is, is too close." There was a couple <laughs> uh, chance opportunity. Yeah, there was a couple chances where we could have got hit by a car too. But also, yeah, you know, with um, the racing too, we, and that was another thing is they've obviously announced they're returning, and that's great. We we all liked the yep. racing; it was a little different, and it was great to see something different too. And 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 then nothing beat that seeing I wouldn't say an, e- an even playing field but as we're also seeing in <clears throat> other motorsport series as well you know with the Tulsa dirt being laid down shootouts happening and whatnot and we're seeing the snowball we're seeing drivers try out different series too um, yeah. so dirt and when we see other dirt stars come into the Pinty series or other NASCAR series through that way that's well, even cool to see doing... too was an LP doing Trans Am this year a couple times? Yeah, people, yeah, there's always people right? so. stretching out. Um, always, always, uh, people, you know, real race car drivers will, uh, they'll, they'll try other stuff out. And they'll, they'll do what they can to work on their craft and, and work on their profession. And as we wrap it up today, for everybody out there listening, uh, do we have any Wally's World special new segment we're starting up here? Wally's World, Wally's World. Part I don't even ten. know what that is. I don't even know what that is. What do you want to talk about? Some big news out of IMSA. Real quick, IMSA Wayne Taylor HQ. Wayne Taylor Racing and Andretti Autosport linking together for 2023. Uh, they are going to be together running the Acura LMDH GTP car. Also, they're running a, the Acura NSX GT3 GTD car. Harrison's contracting uh, Acura. And I'm not 100% sure fully on what their partnership is entailing. Um I read the article and and whatnot and looked into it a little bit more and I know that their their goal is that everything is going to come together at um, at Andretti Global HQ in 2025. I guess they're building that right now, and there's going to be the be the, the it all coming together. I know I know their work Andretti's working hard at getting into Formula One, so. Uh, who knows where, where that's leading uh what the link to to Wayne Taylor Racing is what the link to 
to Honda is, I guess they run Honda and IndyCar. I'm not too sure. I thought they ran Chevrolets, but uh, yeah, it's some bit. That's kind of a big deal. I mean, it's not the first time Andretti's been in in IMSA. They ran um, the with with the oh jeez. I think they helped it with the Lexus, and then they ran somewhere else. Well, they run in the LMP3s because Michael's nephew or his son <clears throat> runs as well. So, anyways, there's I can't just wait something. for the Roly. Rolex is going to oh. be good. I mean, a couple it, weeks, a few weeks away. That's what is it? A month? I can't wait for our Rolex. I can't wait for our Rolex too. Yeah, we're going to have that streaming on our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash the WWOMS. We'll probably have also more updates throughout the next few weeks on our social media, um, and as also on the show for what's what's coming on for the the roar. I suppose you could say we're feeling the roar love, for um, the twenty four on the walls. I'd love love to hear from some of our listeners, maybe some potential guests next year. Uh, that you'd like to hear from if we could try to get maybe some local guys or some other people and uh, it's always fun interacting with, with people who yeah listen. anyone can email us wideworldofmotorsports at gmail.com and it's also on our website thewideworldofmotorsports.wordpress.com you can also check us out on social media at the WWOMS and you can leave us a mess like you can send us an instant message on Facebook or Twitter. We can get to you. Oh, Love to have you guys on the show. And then yeah, if you want to listen to us, past future episodes, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the the little side ones too. The box. Yep. Uh, Radio Public, Pocket Casts whatever else there and and yeah so people check us out also Saturdays on CFMH 107.3 local FM in St. John New Brunswick CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo Kitchener Waterloo Ontario on Fridays on the Performance Motorsports Network app throughout the week this is James Jordan I'm Mike Wallace And I'm the Eggman. We'll see y'all around the bend.